So apparently to stop the third wave India needs 8.7 million jabs a day. What is the actual rate right now? K Spotlight. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. We've all heard it quite a bit. We've heard the fact that the third wave is very, very close on our heels. We've heard about the various things that could happen in a third wave. Now, as Karnataka just about unlocks, now as India eases restrictions across because we've come out of our second wave, things are looking much better. Does that mean this is a time for complacency? I, I highly disagree, and I think you will as well. And to actually help me out with this, there's a very, very sweet doctor who's joining me on uh, well the show this morning, and I'm really thrilled to speak with Dr. Varsha. Shridhar, who's the director and co-founder of Molecular Solutions Care Health LLP. Great to speak with you, Dr. Varsha. How are you? Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Now, I'm I'm sure in your circles, you guys have been hearing about the third wave quite a bit, especially because you're in that virology space. As per data right now, when is it likely that we will have a third wave? Let's be honest. How bad can it be? <laughs> Right, I think that's a million-dollar question, right? Uh, there have been multiple mathematical models. They seem to suggest that somewhere between September and November might be a third wave. Of course, uh, as we know from the second wave, the entire country isn't going to have a third wave at the same time. It starts somewhere and then it spreads. So I think that uh, that period of time is basically when people are expecting there to be a surge again how bad is it going to be you know who knows what the answer to that is i think all of us are hoping is that if we if we all get vaccinated it won't be as bad right but last time it was not because of the virus being particularly you know particularly virulent that we had such a massive collapse of our public health it was more of a health systems uh, failure right Right. It's not like if you don't have oxygen where you when you need it. If you don't have hospital bed beds when you need it, those are not. Those have very little to do with which virus it is. Could be any virus, but that is basically it. I think for the third wave, for us to be able to control it better, it would be uh, ensuring that our health systems are uh, first of all they're cooperating with each other, all the various agencies, and that um, we don't become complacent. That exact word that you used. <laughs> I think that is the main key. It's that failure of of, of public. healthcare systems that are in place or let's just say in general healthcare systems because they might be there but the processes in place are not up to the mark of where we would like it to be to tackle such a big population isn't that right for one thing funding for our public health has always been a little low and primary care has been low i think it's a little pointless to say we are spending this much on covid care covid is not going to be something sitting by itself covid occurs and severe covid occurs in the presence of things like diabetes and you know uh, renal failure and asthma and things like that where do those come from so if you don't have health systems primary 
mechanisms that are, are able to give people the attention they need that's one thing second thing i would actually like to say that our health systems yeah i mean of course they have to be better and the people then then they need to be more people there needs to be more money all that stuff i think our health are the people working in the healthcare systems did a lot of work yeah but yeah. i think everybody was caught by surprise and just the tidal wave that came you know we had we had open ccc's covid care centers in the first wave and then we closed them all down by january saying we have crushed covid and then we were not able to get them back up in time similarly oxygen uh, ventilators concentrators correct yeah we yeah. have actually done a lot of things in january mm-hmm. to march which we, we we felt like we had we had finished it all off you know we were like we were we won the war we should avoid doing that in the next run the thing is how do we know a third wave is coming what does a mm. wave mean are we only looking for people getting into hospitals and then we say a wave is coming is there other other ways that by which we can actually maybe track for example can we look at environmental covid can we look at covid in the sewage we've been very fortunate to be part of something called the covid action collab where we've set up bangalore's first city wide surveillance project where we look at sewage samples from 45 different wards twice a week and then so in addition to that what about pharmaceuticals because you know every time you have a cough and a cold it's not like you're going to wait until you're like uh, <laughs> gasping for breath before you go to a hospital right you're yeah. probably going to be buying pharmaceuticals yeah. you're probably going to be buying some antibiotics before that can we maybe track the sales of medicines and then would that actually help us predict a third wave better so these are other oh. things that we should be looking at. that's an interesting way to actually predict the same that's a very interesting way to kind of predict the same and i i do hope that people who are watching this and listening to this right now um if you do want for example more de- more details on this they're doing a wonderful um series actually tonight it's part of the webgyan series um they are going to be in conversation with uh, professor sudhir krishna from ncbs i'm talking about three wonderful panelists on that panel one of them of course you hear on these airwaves right now which is dr basha shridhar there's also professor vikram patel and professor uh, ramanan lakshminarayan who's going to be on panel as well and it's all about pandemic complexity and mitigating the third wave and training for the future so that's what's going to be happening this evening particularly the details can be found on the ncbs website in the events section ncbs.res.in you can look at the events tab right there i have actually just opened it in front of me as we kind of speak we will do more conversation with dr varsha shridhar in just a bit she's the director and co-founder of molecular solutions care health llp back super soon on the show stand by music great conversation and a whole lot of k welcome to bangalore's personal ray of sunshine you're locked into good morning bangalore with k 94.3 one world your station okay good morning i hope you love the music i'm in conversation with dr varsha shridhar director and co-founder of molecular solutions care health llp we're discussing pandemic complexity and mitigating the third wave and training for the future by the way ncbs is actually hosting a fun little webinar this evening it's at 6:30 p.m. you can find it on their website under the events tab uh in the meanwhile let's get back to conversation k spotlight this is good morning bangalore with k Dr. Basha, a lot of times hear this a lot of late. We talk about that whole Delta Plus variant and then we we kind of look at how how much difficult, how much more difficult this is going to be if things go in the route of, you know, a third wave. Let's be honest, let's talk about this Delta Plus variant and and where it kind of stands 
in everything that we've been doing you know variants start because the virus is able to replicate and it starts picking up mutations as it goes on but the delta plus is just the latest in a series of uh, such variants that we've been hearing i'm sure most of your listeners would have heard of alpha beta or the ones that come before the reason it, it is uh, people get worried about it is again the second wave seems to have been driven by the delta variant to which most of us did not have immunity and which seems to have been much more uh, infectious and virulent and that it's able to attack uh, it's able to infect cells better delta plus is seems to be similar in that now that we have immunity to delta do we also have immunity to delta plus we don't know and will would our vaccines work against delta plus we hope so but again we are still awaiting data on that that is the main reason why people are do we have any it. idea when that's likely to come in that kind of data not sure all those studies are ongoing so hopefully as we uh, you know as those results uh, start getting not just coming in but they also have to be peer reviewed and published so it may take a little while but right. hopefully it comes in and and this whole delta plus variant of course i think the the major thing about it which is kind of going around is the fact that it's more infectious right which means that it's going to spread faster than than other variants are there any other uh, levels of concern when we look at a delta plus variant i think those would be the main ones both in terms of infectivity as, as well as in once once it gets infected once a cell gets infected better the expectation that it would it would also produce more viruses which can then transmit much more easier do you want any answers to the questions that you have right and like when we talk about a delta plus variant we're talking about a third wave most people are like oh i got this forward on whatsapp and that's uh, become the guru go to <laughs> like it must be true because i got on whatsapp and which the pandemic of social media more than the actual virus absolutely i mean <laughs> like you said that pandemic of misinformation is unbelievable so i just want to kind of dial this back to india's vaccination equation which is our aim to you know stop a third wave the target is to of course have 60% of the population with both doses by the end of december 2021 now that's the hope as of right now now as per data that i kind of looked at say a couple of days ago we have to if we have to meet that target we have to vaccinate 8.6 million people every single day and at the moment we have about a 4 million people shortfall we're vaccinating only about 4.6 million according to data that's kind of coming what would be like you know of course you talked about strengthening the 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 healthcare systems dr varsha from a perspective of you know ramping up this number where do we start it's a case of three things right it's an efficient efficiency of manufacturing efficiency of distribution and efficiency of usage so it's not just a manufacturing issue yes we have we have been behind in our manufacturing but that's not the only case are they getting to the right places on time and once they get to the right places are they actually being given at the right time at each of these points we have to uh, improve our uh, processes and uh, i think we are falling back on all of we got more coming up in just a bit right here on radio 1 with dr varsha shridhar come back with us on the other side There are people who complain about blues and there are people who listen to Good Morning Bangalore with K. Let's go. 94.3 One World Your Station. Pandemic complexity and mitigating the third wave. How do we kind of tackle it to join me on the show uh, and actually break it all down for you this morning? I have Dr. Varsha Shridhar. Uh, she's been really really nice to kind of come on, chat about all this. She's the director and co-founder of Molecular Solutions Care Health. LLP. This evening, she and two other speakers are going to be in conversation with Professor Sudhir Krishna from NCBS. They're doing a webinar this evening, and if you'd like details, of course, send me a DM, and I'm happy to send you the details. But in the meanwhile, let's get back to conversation. K Spotlight. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. 
when it comes to just about finishing the second wave, right? We've come out of that, and we're, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that this third wave doesn't come soon. What are some of the biggest learnings? And I'm asking this more from a you know from a virology perspective, in terms of you know because we've heard the other stuff, like we've spoken about how strengthening of the healthcare systems and things like that. You've also had so many people come forward to kind of help, and I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to specifically from a virological study perspective what has your community really learned and how are they using that to tackle the third wave in front of us that's that's a good question it's also a little hard to answer i would say in terms of the virology community the amount of data and the amount of knowledge we've gotten about this virus uh the space of time it's probably been the fastest ever in human history we've had genomic sequences that were deposited six weeks after the realization that there's a new virus Uh, that's never happened before cooperation between scientific uh, organizations across the world in trying to understand how does this virus actually spread what is it binding to how fast is it uh, how fast is it able to replicate how fast is it able to uh, infect others all those have been actually pretty amazing uh, strides within india i think the one of the things that we may have to improve on is data transparency because covid both at the diagnostic level and at the medical uh, clinical management level it has been very very it's been a very top down approach you have icmr at the at the top saying uh, rt pcr should be done this way and the data uh, has to be reported back to icmr in this particular way all those are actually amazing uh, strides again we've never had that kind of a coordinated effort but on the flip side we also don't know what our data actually is saying i think india is probably got the largest number absolute number of rt pcrs in the world at this point of time oh really we've, okay yeah we only talk about rt pcrs per you know individual per thousand people and we are like oh man we are so poor but i mean we, we have a billion and a more than a billion population so of course that number is going to be low but it's just in sheer numbers we are probably like the first i would be surprised if you are not the first by this point of time what have we learned from the data where is the data going what we should have been churning out papers and research uh insights based on this by the thousands by this point of time and unfortunately the lack of data transparency has really hurt us there we'll do our last leg of conversation super soon come back with us on the other side it's radio 1 stand by Looking forward to partying on the weekend is so yesterday when you have a party on the airwaves every morning. Every morning. You're okay. Uh. 94.3 One World Your Station. Breaking down pandemic complexity and of course the third wave that we might see super soon is Dr. Varsha Sridhar. She's in conversation with me this morning on the show exclusively. Spotlight. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. I don't know if this already exists. Maybe it does in your community, and I just I just don't know about it because it's not my field. So I'm not going to pretend like I do. I'm saying like maybe like a global database that is accessible by virologists all across the world. But to be fair, COVID-19 did hit. We had the genome sequence that was uploaded, and then people already started working on on vaccines and things like that. I don't know. Does that kind of thing already exist, where data and ongoing things are kind of found out? I don't know some form of genome sequencing. Absolutely. Yeah. So for for sequencing sequencing data, there is an international database, and I think India has so far put in something like twenty eight thousand or thirty thousand. 
sequences on that um, it is still less than 1% of the total number of people who are actually infected ideally um, we should be looking at 5% is what all the technical advisory committees say that we should have sequenced up to 5% of our positives and data that, that that data should be online right now we are at 0.2 or something like that not just the sequences though i'm actually talking about rt pcr itself when you know somebody is positive how does that co- correlate with their clinical picture how does that correlate with what happens to them afterwards we all talk about ct values is there any correlation between a ct value with anything is, 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 does it have to do with the amount of virus does it have to do with the severity there's plenty of studies saying that maybe there is no correlation between ct values and severity but it could have been nice to see our own data instead of relying on you know data coming from outside the country saying yeah, that yeah, um, absolutely that's a very fair point and i think that for people who are listening to this right now and let's say you're intrigued you're interested by um what might be happen or what what might happen in the third wave i think a great way to kind of educate yourself about that is they've got a wonderful little um well let's say webinar that's happening on the on the internet right now it's going to happen at 6:30 uh, 8th of july which happens to be today so you can check that out we've got uh, professor sudeer krishna from ncbs who's going to be moderating this entire thing dr varsha sridhar who's the director and co-founder of molecular solutions care health llp is going to be there she's the one you hear on air right now professor ramanan lakshmi narayan um who's the founder and director of the center of disease dynamics is going to be there and professor vikram patel professor at Blavatnik Institute's um, Department of Global Health and Social Medicine at Harvard Medical School. He's going to be joining them as well. What they're going to be discussing is the pandemic complexity and mitigating the third wave and training for the future. I want to give a big thank you to Dr. Varsha for kind of joining us and for giving us all these insights. And uh, it's thank a you. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you. And thanks for the opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, get to know him off air too. Have you followed him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter yet? At Off Air with K. Slide into his. DMs now. One world, your station.